What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? And we are off and running. Welcome in another episode of What's the Spread? Mr. Brad Thomas, Miles on Sports here. Yes, yes. My friend, it is time for our Big Ten preview. We got two conferences left. Our two favorites, the Big Ten and the SEC. We've already hit the ACC, picking Clemson to win the conference. We've covered the Pac-12, picking Oregon to win the conference. And we've covered the Big 12, picking Oklahoma to win the conference. So the question is, do we continue uh, to agree on all it's of our picks? It's crazy how chalky we've been too, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we kind of said this at an overall uh, statement is that these these five conferences seem like there are very clear front runners yes. uh, this year, whereas it's been a little more muddied in the past. But, hey, uh, we'll see if the Big Ten and the SEC continue to be that way. So the Big Ten is interesting. All right. And I talked plenty about this last year, about the ramifications that the way that Kevin Warren handled the COVID situation, the way that he handled the conference, the ramifications that we were going to see in the future. I think that in 2021, we are going to start to see what effects we're going to have. Yes, I totally agree. And I'm really focusing on programs like Wisconsin, who played what, four games last year, five yep. games last year, where it seemed like they were not even on the field. And they they weren't the only ones. I mean, even a team like Ohio State didn't play very many games, uh, ended up in the playoff, of course. But when you have so little games and so little time to see where your program is at, it we're going to see for years down the road what, what that's going to lead to. My biggest thing about last year, too, is like, you have teams like a Penn State who had players opting out. Yeah, now, that changes the dynam- the entire dynamic of the season. Do you start thinking that Penn State, you know, is that a throwaway season for them? Do they build on that season, or is that a season that kind of catapults them down towards the bottom of of the uh, of the East? You know, it's yeah. one of those things where we don't know exactly what's going to happen uh, because of COVID. But if we take pro basketball for example, we see that what happened the year COVID. We came back from COVID, does not have any indication on the year that's going to happen COVID 2.0. And what I mean by that is look at the Miami Heat. Miami Heat could barely scratch the surface year two, COVID 2.0, but COVID year, they were lights out, almost almost won the whole thing. So Yeah, especially when you get smaller sample sizes, you yes. know, that that tends to make a difference as well. Uh, but in the end, it was still Ohio State coming out as the Big Ten champion. And Northwestern giving them a hell of a game in the title game. My God, yes. Uh, but, you know, the West wide open this year. The East. And I think Penn State's a really good place to start. So, Penn State. This is a team that before their 2020 season where they went 4-5, and five, James Franklin won eleven, at least 11 games, 3 out of the 4 previous seasons. And that one game where he didn't win, that one season he won, didn't win 11 games, they had like the most brutal 4-game stretch. I think they, they put, oh, sorry about that. No, they played good. like Ohio State, Michigan State. Yeah. That was Michigan State when they played... Uh, what was they played Bama at the end of the season and got annihilated, but that was even a good Penn State team. I think they won like nine games that season. I think it's so odd that everyone is so down on Penn State all of a sudden. Yeah. Whereas you know we and we've talked about them before, but losing uh, Micah Parsons to opt out in the 2020 season completely deflated that your football defensive team. Co- your defensive quarterback. Yeah, I mean he was he was their captain. He was the heart of that team, and him opting out, and then them losing their first two games of the season in a heartbreaking fashion to Indiana, and then getting beat by Ohio State in week two. Yes, and they still found a way to win four games to end that year. They still found a way to come together. 
So Penn State, plus 700 odds to win the conference. Let's look at their schedule. Oh, my gosh. Their crossover games are at Wisconsin and at Iowa. And we're going to talk a lot about crossover games today, but that is absolutely brutal. It's brutal. Literally, the first bullet point I have in my notes about Penn State is tough schedule. And you think about it, even like with the tough season they had last year, statistically, they still did well. Second in total offense, fifth in total defense. But when you have a game where you're starting the season at Wisconsin, I think that a lot can be said by the start of their season. So yeah. I think that Wisconsin's what, like a five-point favorite, I think? Five-and-a-half-point yep. favorite? I think that if they come out here and they win this game or they're at least competitive until the end, it will be a statement for them. Because everyone, I everyone I see is picking Wisconsin to win that game. Yeah, and, you know, there's... There's also something to be said for returning quarterbacks, uh, not only in that game, but the entire Western division. But Sean Clifford, you know, there's there's a lot riding on him this season. And it's a situation where if he's not playing well enough at the beginning of the year, his ass is getting benched. Yes. Like they're they're not going to stick with a guy who's not putting up consistent numbers. But again, when we talk about a year where there's not a lot of returning quarterbacks, that is one positive that they can take from this returning team. Now, you mentioned the game at Wisconsin. I mean, that is opening weekend. At Wisconsin, you know, favorites to win the West Division. That's a big statement. And and we're really going to see, really, there's a couple other really good week one games as well where we can see right off the bat where we stand on both sides. We'll know who are pretenders and who are for real. What I really like about Penn State's opportunity here, though, is even win or lose against that, against, um, excuse me, Wisconsin, they still have the opportunity to win 10 games this season. And to me, a double-digit season is a good way to bounce back from that very, very tough start from last season. Yeah. I think this is minimum a nine-win Penn State team. I do, team. too, as well. I really do. Uh, and I think that they have a really good chance to win 10 games. Now, so you don't have them to win the East. <laughs> I don't have them to win the East quite yet. <laughs> Ohio State, uh, the overwhelming favorites, I would say, to win the conference at minus 220. Now, I was a little surprised that there are actually bigger favorites to win the Big Ten than Oklahoma is favorites to win the Big 12. Uh, but it's very slight. I mean, they are both very heavy favorites to win the conference. Ohio State, everyone wants to talk about the fact that we don't have a returning quarterback. You know, if you've been following the storylines oh with gosh. NIL and what's happening, I mean, we can already see the ramifications where, you know, Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback out of the 2022 class. A beautiful kids, quarterback. <laughs> a beautiful man. God. Skipping his senior season of high school, which I'll be completely honest with you, Brett. I didn't even know that you were allowed to do that. <laughs> now, the only reason I bring this up is because there's there's this quarterback room that's happening at Ohio State that is really going to be one of the best in the country. Yes. Uh, now, this year, I think C.J. Stroud is going to be our quarterback. I, I, will just, I will just put it out there. I think he will play well enough to be our quarterback for the entire season. I think that's where we stand. But the Big Ten runs through Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I think that these two players, more than anybody else on the Ohio State team, anybody on the defensive side of the ball, anybody at running back or whoever's uh, leading the team at quarterback, it comes down to those two guys on the offensive side. Because as we saw, and it's been happening over the past couple of years, it's the receivers. Look at LSU. Look yeah. at Alabama. Oh yeah. Our last two champions. They have elite receivers, not just a good quarterback but elite receivers. And it can make such a big difference, especially in a year where you're already so far and above everybody talent-wise in the conference and everyone's coming off a shortened season. No, this is the 
optimal situation for a new quarterback to come in. Yes. Is a great receiving core and easily the best receiving core in the entire country. It makes your life easy because you you know you have reliable guys. You know guys who know how to check out. Think about the hot routes that are going to be able to be called. Because you have a new quarterback coming into a system where he's going to be able to control the, the play calling at the line of scrimmage. These hot routes are going to be coming in more from the wide receivers than they are going to be coming from the quarterback. And that is a great security blanket to know you're going to have guys who are going to run crisp routes. They're going to know their assignment. That's really big because there's a lot of accidental routes ran by young receivers. No, you have veteran guys out there who came back for another crack at the national championship. Yeah, I, you know, and Alave was the one that surprised me the most because he was hands down in first overall or uh, first round draft pick. Yes. Uh, So him coming back says a lot. And these guys are bringing so much experience. It's a really deep wide receiver room. And I think that that is the X factor for this Ohio State team because all, you know, all the conversations around who's going to be the quarterback. And I've been saying this for months that in a way, it doesn't matter who the QB is. It matters what his supporting cast is going to be around him. And Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, they are the key to not only Ohio State's team, but the entire Big Ten Conference. Ohio State had their struggles on defense last year. Uh, Some of the worst numbers in school history in some categories. And even though it was a COVID year, there's still a lot to be said for that. But they just need to improve that defense just a little bit and reload. But again, I... The defense isn't as important as what's happening on the offensive side of the ball anymore. It's just not. It is a supplement to a championship team. Now, we'll talk about defense a little bit later because I have a lot to say about the West. Okay. The West always plays great always defense. Great defense. Um, and there's probably going to be some defenses over there that are statistically are better than Ohio State. But nobody's going to outscore Ohio State. Ohio State is a 10-point favorite in every single regular season game on their schedule as it stands right now. They open the season at Minnesota. They have an early test against Oregon. They do go at Indiana and at Michigan. So it is not a walkover, uh, a pushover schedule. No. But I've got Ohio State winning 11 games out of those 12. I Yeah, I have Ohio State winning the conference and, you know... For me, the teams that can compete with Ohio State have so many question marks. Where your biggest question mark at Ohio State is maybe your quarterback or maybe your secondary play from last year. But when you're outscoring teams, we guys were number one offense in the in the Big Ten last year. Yeah. When you're outscoring teams at the clip, you are. It's not your defense was awful. It's just awful compared to Ohio State standards. Right. But if it's good enough, it will get take you a long way for you to figure out whatever offensive inefficiencies inefficiencies might come from from losing your man or uh losing Trey Sermon it helps a lot it's a good security blanket um who are we going to talk about next because I, I have a couple nuggets I want to say about a few of these teams yeah right, let's talk about Indiana I know we're going to skip over Michigan sure because if if I'm going to pick my sleeper pick it's going to be Indiana Indiana and you said it early on last year Indiana proved they're here to stay they're competitors from every indication that I've heard, everything I've read, Michael Penix Jr. is healthy. This team quietly, and I don't know if you say quietly from me and Miles seats because we watched every game, so we were loud. But I mean, the rest of the nation, this team quietly put up an efficient offense, an efficient defense. And then when Penix went down, they still performed well. Still, which was which was the most surprising part of their season for me, yes. Brad, is that even when they lost their leader on offense who was leading into that great season, they did not miss a beat. And the defensive numbers for Indiana were the difference yes. uh, in them actually making an impact in the East Division. And I was starting to think that I wasn't going to see a day when Indiana was going to make an impact in this East Division when we had programs like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, M- Michigan State in years past. But 
what these what Tom Allen has done at Indiana and where he's taken this program really impressive plus 1500 odds yes fourth best in, in the division to win the conference Michael Penix he's coming off his third season ending injury at Indiana but as you said there is no better sleeper pick in this division None. than Indiana especially if a Michael Penix can stay healthy the entire season I think that you know having Penn State away is tough Always, always tough. But the fact that they stood toe-to-toe with Ohio State last year proves regardless of who they're playing, regardless of where they're playing, they can compete. And then when you have a game-changer on on offense like Penix, it could take you a long way. Now, for them to win the conference, because their schedule is still difficult, for them to win the conference, that means Ohio State took a step back. I don't think that they're at Ohio State's level – and no matter who you listen to or what you read, you will see it's clear that Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. So now we just need to see if Indiana could just be close enough to kind of throw punches and make it to the title game. But I still think as a sleeper pick, there's just way too much value. I, there's no way I'm at plus 1,500 when you think about, well, it was Michigan plus 1,200. Yeah, so Michigan being a you know a more of a favorite than Indiana, I think is crazy because I would be feel more comfortable with Indiana's shot, especially. Yes. Um, okay, so so Indiana, they they have to beat Ohio State at home. Like if they're going to win the division, they yeah. have to win that game one hundred percent, and then they have to only slip up one other time. I mean, it, it's they they can slip up against a Cincinnati like out of conference is fine. Indiana is going to have to roll with a seven and one conference record. They're going to have to beat Ohio State, and obviously that would make Ohio State either seven and one or six and two. So see, it seems like an obvious statement to make, but they have to win that game. They have to win that game because then they split those two games with Penn State and R- Iowa. I don't think they win both of those. Right, so you're splitting that. You cannot leave those three games being one and two. Right, you have to be in two. One. And you bring up Iowa, so another great week one matchup, cross-division matchup, um, Indiana at Iowa to open the season. So yeah. again, we're going to get a really good barometer as to where those two teams are. Uh, I mentioned Cincinnati at Penn State, at Michigan. It's tough, but they get Ohio State at home. So as you said, if you can split uh, you know, Iowa, Penn State, because I, I think they match up well against uh, Michigan. Yeah, um, I do too. You know, not saying it's a guaranteed win, but yeah, I, I think it's a good matchup for them. Uh then they have a legitimate chance to win the conference because if Penn State doesn't bounce back the way we we think they're going to, Indiana can capitalize on that. Yes, 100%. And that's another reason where I still think even if Penn State bounces back, Indiana's still a better team. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, you know, again, just it would give them such a big advantage if Penix can stay healthy. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. But we know that Tom Allen's team is going to play for, uh, you know, play hard. Yes. Uh, and I'm very curious, uh, just... Speaking about, you know, teams that uh, like Michigan and Penn State, are they going to bounce back? And then even more curious to see teams like Indiana, are they going to continue their success? But let's talk about Michigan. Where the hell is Michigan right now? Where is this program? Because we talk about it year in and year out with Jim Harbaugh. I feel like we've been talking about him for 12 years at this point. I mean, he signs a contract extension. Yeah. Signs extension. Completely starts over with this coaching staff. Wipes the slate clean. He's still bringing in high level recruits. Yes. And everyone just wants to write him off. I mean, maybe it's a situation where he can bring in the recruits, but he can't develop them. I don't know. But for whatever they've done and how horrible their season was and the fact that they literally ducked Ohio State, (laughs) just said, yeah, we're not going to play. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. (laughs) I'm very curious to see what that game would have been and how much of a blowout that would have been because that's something to consider too is that 
it would have left such an impression on that Michigan program yeah. if Ohio State had that game and beat them by 60 points, which we would have done. So this game is even more important for Ohio State fans, especially we go at Michigan this year. But let's uh, let's do the schedule first before we talk about yeah. anything else. They have a, a, a cross-country trip to Washington that is on our top 10 list yes. of you know favorite non-conference games. So... Again, not an early conference game uh, or big conference game to look at, but that one right there will not only tell us a lot about Michigan, but it will tell us a lot about Washington. They go at Wisconsin, at at Nebraska. But at Wisconsin's rough. Ohio State, also, we didn't talk about their schedule, or their cross-division schedule. They don't have to play Wisconsin or Iowa. That's huge. Huge. Because those are two teams in the West that always give us trouble. Uh, Whereas we get Minnesota and Purdue. So... Not only is Ohio State the favorite to win the conference, but you got to look at the schedules, whereas we miss both of those teams in the West. Yep. No, I totally agree. Listen, Michigan had no identity on offense last year. Zero. If you're going to have no identity on offense, you have, you must, you absolutely must come equipped with a stout, electric, Turnover machine defense, and they were absolutely not that. I, I saw something they had like two interceptions all season. I know they didn't play a full season, but let's be for real. So let's get back to the offense. Who's playing quarterback? And that's what we're trying to figure no out. No one knows. Yeah, you know, like you ran Milton out of town, you ran McCaffrey out of town. Yep. You bring in Bowman. You have recruits. We don't know what's going to happen there. And at this point, I think it's uh, wait and see. It'll figure it out. I think their best bet is Alan Bowman because. It, down at Tech, he proved that he can sling the ball. He did. And then if you're going to want to be in the East this year, you're going to want to be able to compete offensively, and they need to do that, especially with this defense, a third, bottom third defense. And that goes to what I was saying uh, a lot last year and then also in 2019. This is something that I uh, review or uh, observed about Michigan's program and where are things going wrong and what I have seen is you, you spoke to identity. Yeah. I don't think the program has an identity right now. No. It's it, on offense. Whereas when Harbaugh arrived at the program, they did have an identity. They were playing their brand and their style of football. Somewhere along the way, Harbaugh changed everything. And he was trying, he, he brings in Gattis, He He's trying to change his offensive philosophy to match what Ohio State is doing and to match you know what we're seeing in college football. Yeah. But in the process of doing that, he lost his brand of football. Yep. And you can't do that. And I still think it was the biggest mistake he ever made. And and you don't hear people saying that. Whereas it's like, oh, well, you know, he he should have made the change. And he should not necessarily. He was kind of forced into it. Yeah. It was almost like a panic move, wasn't it? Like, like, oh crap, we gotta keep up, we gotta keep up, yeah, we gotta keep and up. And he had Shea Patterson, who was a dynamic quarterback, and who right, he was like, okay, well, we've gotta open up some spread formations yeah. for this guy. And now you're sitting in a situation where you get to pick your new quarterback. And that is such an important decision for him right now because that is the direction that you're going to go. You've got to pick a guy that not only has his own style, but is going to fit into what you want to do. Yep. Otherwise, there's nothing there. And the defense doesn't have an identity either no. because you were playing hard nose, front seven, Michigan, you know, classic Big Ten defense for years. And we don't see that anymore. No, last year was awful. It, their their defensive line applied zero pressure on the quarterback, so you could literally sit back and do whatever you wanted. Run stopping was a joke. I, I don't even want to pull up the numbers, but when I was looking at this chart and I was looking at Michigan's numbers on how many rush yards per game and how many passing yards per game, yeah, 
it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because this is like a, a historic Michigan team that's, I know we know that there's more yards in the game now, but it's like 130 rush yards per game. Like they were at the 170, 180 mark. Like, yep. That is not good, especially when you have a first-round defensive lineman go- coming out. You you have the do you, stars. Do you remember the Wisconsin game where they just carved them up? And, like, this is, and this is a Wisconsin team that struggled historically this year compared to compared to years past when they had like a Jonathan Taylor or something like destroyed them. Yeah, I mean it was it was not even close. I mean and. C- uh, COVID year or no COVID year, I, it's it's like I said, there was just there was zero identity on the entire program. I think Michigan ceiling is eight wins. Uh, that's also a little bit of a high state bias because I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I think they're total <laughs> because I because I have to. I think they're total set at six and a half. Yeah, like so you know, I I think they'd be lucky to reach the seven or eight win mark, and yeah. I don't see anything higher than that. Absolutely not. Whereas I think Indiana has a much higher ceiling. Yeah. I think Indiana could win 10, 11 games if things fall right for Absolutely. them. Absolutely, and. Uh, I, I understand why Vegas has Penn State's odds so high because I'm high on Penn State as well. But Indiana at plus 1,500 is too low. too low. And there was one more thing I want to say about Indiana that I forgot to say. Their defense, we, we did talk about their defense a little bit and how much they improved on that side of the ball. They led the league in takeaways, and they've got nine returning starters on that side of the ball. Amazing. So it's not like they – it wasn't a situation where they, they just had a bunch of seniors and it was a lucky year for them. No, they've got something to build off of here. So, to echo what you said, I think Indiana is the sleeper pick in this division, uh, but I think Ohio State is going to represent the Eastern Division again. Is there anything you want to say about the other teams Um, before we move on? No, not really. I think about Michigan State has zero chance. Their schedule's brutal. They're awful. I am excited to see Anthony Russo come in um, because if there were to be a story about a turnaround team based off transfer play, it could be Anthony Russo because he's got the big arm, big pro-style quarterback. But anything else, I mean, not even Maryland, like, baby Tua, inconsistent, year two, Loxley has to figure it out. Like, it's easy when you have five stars across the board at Alabama, but when you're going to Maryland, when you're competing with the guys in your own conference, you're not going to have that same talent level. I've got my eyes on Rutgers, because I'll tell you something right now. Maryland, Michigan State, and Rutgers are all tied with the same odds to win the conference at plus 4,000. Rutgers, since the inception of this podcast, has been plus 10,000 odds <laughs> every single year to win the conference. And in one year, Shiano has them at plus yep. 4,000. Good for you, my man. All eyes for me are on Rutgers. I want to see if Shiano can continue to build off of that. Um, but Mel Tucker having a tough time at Michigan State. You got Baby Tua at Maryland, who proved he can make some plays. Here and there. It's wild because yeah. he's proved he's electric. It's just what's holding them back. Like There's games where you watch, like, like I think I took an over in one of their games. I took their over team total, and it was like 35 and a half, and they barely scratched 20. I think they, they scored 17 points. And it was against a terrible, off, terrible defense, and I was just like, you know, me being a Bama guy, I want to root for Baby Tua. I want to root for Loxley, and it's just like, boo. But uh, I will say a lot of people are high on what Loxley is doing right now. So we'll see if they can make it to a bowl game this year. All right. Let's go to the West. The anomaly that is the Big Ten West division. Northwestern comes out of the West last year. (laughs) In a COVID year of all programs to make it. Yes. Northwestern's, you want to talk about identity. Pat Fitzgerald has identity at Northwestern. Smash down. There is something to be said for that. I love and he it. is so underrated. That identity almost won them the damn conference last year. Yep. 
There was a t- there was a point in that Big Ten championship game where Ohio State had no answer for what Northwestern was Correct. doing on defense. Justin Fields, the top the NFL draft pick, just had no answer for what Pat Fitzgerald was throwing yep. at him. That's how good of a coach he is. Now, I started with Northwestern, but the West plays defense. And they're going to play defense again. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Northwestern are going to have some of the best defenses in the country. And I think they're going to have the best defenses in the Big Ten. So last year, the uh, it's kind of great you said that. Last year, the top three defenses in the Big Ten all came from the West. And I think that... And, th- and that's become a consistent trend. Yes. Whereas the East is getting much more offensive in the West, which, which I enjoy as a as a old school Big Ten fan. They are keeping the uh, Big Ten defense mentality, which I like. Yeah. Whereas you know teams like Ohio State are trying to win national championships. Okay, so yeah. so we're so we're doing some other things. But don't try to tell that to Wisconsin. Don't try to get Ferentz to change no. his game plan. No. <laughs> don't try to get Wisconsin to change their brand of ball. Harbaugh can learn a little something from them because they don't change when they find success. And look at what we have here. Wisconsin and Iowa are the co-favorites to win the division. Yes. And pretty decent odds to win the conference. Wisconsin at plus 500. Iowa plus 900. This is the thing I said about the West Division. Holy returning quarterbacks. You want to talk about a year where nobody has a returning quarterback? I think everybody in this division has a returning yeah. quarterback. It's going to be fun. So let's start with Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin to me, man, do we get on the Graham Mertz hype train? Yeah, I, you know, that's, I wish we had just a little more tape. A little more, because injuries, yeah, COVID. COVID and inconsistency, but he showed, or uh, inconsistency with, with uh, when they were playing, because Mertz was impressive. He showed that he can be yeah. a beast, and it makes sense. It makes sense why they are so high to win the West. Yeah. Offensively, though, you see, for me, they're like one of those teams where it's like, a, man, you want to bet on them, but you're betting on health. You're betting on a quarterback that you don't know much about because without him, they are almost a bottom fourth team offensively in the Big Ten. I still like them to win the West, though. Yeah, you know, I, I will say... I had Iowa winning the West originally. I was very high on Iowa. I was high on Iowa, how they ended the year last year. I think they uh, they they just got tripped up in the beginning of the year. I, I think Iowa was the best team in the West Division yes. last year. I wanted to pick them to win the division this year. But Wisconsin's schedule is too damn favorable. Yeah, It's too favorable. Not only do they get Iowa at home, they do get crossover games against Penn State and Michigan, but they have both of those games at home. Yep. They don't have, Wisconsin does not have a road game besides Minnesota. I would say that's their toughest conference road game. And it's a very winnable road game, which is hard to find in conference play. Whereas you've got Iowa having to go at Wisconsin. Yes. Iowa also, uh, their crossover, Indiana and Penn State. So also a tough crossover, but they get those games at home. And they have to go to Northwestern. And they have to go to Northwestern, which don't scoff at that either. Yeah. So... That's really what it came down to for me. And I think that's the first time I've made a pick based on who had the home game. Because I think that's what it's going to come down to. Wisconsin has a really favorable schedule. Their defense only allowed 17.4 points per game last year. They didn't play a lot. But that's that's, great. It was still great. And that's one thing that Wisconsin kept consistent is that you, when you have COVID and disruptions, Wisconsin just does their thing, man. They load up on the offensive side of the ball. They load up in the front seven, and they grind you out. Let me talk to you about this. We just highlighted uh, Michigan getting ran all over. Yeah. 
This is what an elite rush defense sounds like. 96 point whatever rush yards per game allowed by this Wisconsin defense. Playing in the West, which loves to run the ball. They were shutting teams down. Number one in the Big Ten. And that is the reason why Wisconsin has dominated this division and why they have represented the yeah. Western Division year in and year out in the Big Ten Championship game. That's a really good stat that you bring up is because they do so well against the run and because it's a run-heavy conference. Yes. Iowa's been run-heavy. Northwestern's been run-heavy. Um, so Iowa. Offensive questions. This is the other reason why I couldn't <laughs> pick them to win the division. I don't know really what they have in Spencer Petras at quarterback. He Neither. didn't really have an impressive debut, but Iowa, in my opinion, was the best team in the West despite his mediocre performance. But listen, Iowa never has like a star quarterback. No. Right? Tyler Goodson at running back is going to have a really good season. Sam Laporta at tight end. This is what Iowa does. Good running back. Big receiving tight ends. Yeah. That's how they uh, move the chains. But speaking of moving the chains, they were almost dead last in the Big Ten and third down offense last year. And it showed. It shows. And it shows consistently, whereas you want to talk about explosive plays, Iowa has just never shown they that ability. That. Now, Wisconsin has shown that ability, especially with Jonathan Taylor. It, it helps to have a guy like that. But Mertz was showing that ability last year where he could make those big passing plays. And I like Wisconsin's receivers. They do have some returning seniors, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor. I don't think that Iowa has enough on offense, especially... In that game at Wisconsin, I don't think Iowa's going to have enough offensively to challenge them in that game. No, I, I totally agree. And and part of me wrote, part of me wanted to be like, Iowa, yes. But then I have to remind myself, well, what did Iowa do to deserve their tough schedule? And this is a tough schedule for a team who's got to replace a lot on the offensive line. They have a quarterback who you could throw question marks on. Yeah. They have an offense that seemed to only excel when they were in the red zone. But they had to get to the red zone to score. From and well, I was, was going to say, circle this one in your calendars too for their non-conference Iowa at Iowa State, which we talked about in the non-conference games to yes. to, to watch. But that's going to be a great. I mean, it's always a good game, but especially when a lot of eyes are on Iowa and Iowa State going into next year. So people forget about uh, that matchup. Uh, so we'll get to know a lot about them. I think it's week two. Uh, but anyway, what'd you have? Move on. Move on. I'm Nebraska. Good on, I'm good on that. Let's talk about Nebraska. And yeah. I'm not too heavy on Nebraska. I think Nebraska's I'm odds not either. are gross. Frost has yet to do anything to prove that he can compete in in Power Five. He has. He hasn't gotten this team to a bowl game, which I don't care. Was it year five now? Yeah. I don't care how far behind the program was when he took it over. I don't. That is inexcusable. You haven't been able to win six games. And you're in the West, not even the East. Nebraska's sitting here with plus 1,200 odds to win the conference, and they've never been to a bowl game under Scott Frost. They've never been to a bowl game, never shown that they can compete consistently. And one thing that really bothers me about this team is is they they, every season since they've gotten Frost, it's been the hype train. Now this year's hype train are the great transfers they're getting from none other UCF and other G5 schools. I don't care. And so you can tell me that you can consistently put out that offense that you had at UCF. You're not going to mean nothing to me. You want to talk about returning quarterbacks. Adrian Martinez is returning for his fourth year in Nebraska. Super, super so senior. not even saying that he's going to be able to hold on to the starting spot, but I've got to think that, you know, Scott Frost is leaning that way, but it's really set them back because he was supposed to be a, a, you know, a pretty decent quarterback yeah, when he came in, but man. he hasn't shown anything. Uh, my super sleeper in this division is Minnesota. Especially at plus 2,500 odds to win the division. 
P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers weren't able to keep their uh, momentum going from 2019 when they won 11 games. That was a really good Minnesota team. They did lose Rashad Bateman, who's one of the who was one of the best receivers in the conference, if not the best. But and I don't know how, but they're bringing back Tanner Morgan again. Again, yes. So I thought he was gone. Uh, and then looking at that, that's big because Tanner Morgan is not like an Adrian Martinez. Tanner Morgan had an eleven win season, and he two was years great ago. in two thousand nineteen. Yes. So he just needs to find his new weapons, and this Minnesota offense can be really dangerous. And PJ Fleck has proven, I mean, what where he took Minnesota and then got them to an 11 win season with a big win against Penn State that year. They they weren't able to build off of that momentum in 2020. COVID kind of derailed that, but I'm saying at plus 2,500 odds, that's one of the biggest sleepers in the conference. Yes, because I totally agree. One thing that you we we've this is gonna become a common theme on the podcast when we're talking about conferences is identity. Row the boat, man. PJ Fleck yeah. has an identity. His guys play hard for him. The guys rally behind him. I think it's like one of those things when you think about a Michigan. Players want to go to Michigan, but when they're there, they don't look like they're playing hard for their coach, like doing whatever it takes to win. We know that it was a down year for was uh for Minnesota. Yep. But they have the culture, that's what I was looking for. They have the culture Culture is, is a really good word because, uh, you know, that and, and that comes from, from P.J. Fleck and yes. what a good head coach he is. And we have that proven track record where don't sleep on Minnesota. They get two big home games uh, to open the year against Ohio State on a Thursday night, which is definitely a slip-up spot for an Ohio State team. Yep. Going on the road on a Thursday night at Minnesota uh, with a new quarterback and then you get to host Wisconsin, or uh, who, who was it at the end of the year? They they host uh, somebody at the end of the year. Iowa? I don't know. We uh, talked about him earlier. It must um, have been. I don't have that. I don't remember. Season. It was the only tough road game for, ah, who was it? It was the only tough road game for somebody. We'll uh, play the tape back. Yeah, we'll play but, it back um, and we'll check. Minnesota, uh, I just think big, big sleeper potential. And especially when you've got a team like Nebraska at plus twelve hundred, I just don't understand that, Brad. Is there something that I'm missing there? I, I don't get it, and I think that the bookmakers are setting it is it is uh, they in the game with Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay, but yeah, it yeah. is the bookmakers saying we don't trust the that twenty nineteen was a real year. Yeah, I think so that it's we'll opposite. Like, I think we're in agreement that yeah. twenty nineteen was the real year. 2020, 2020 was the, was the fake year. year. Yes, was just like it's COVID. Their schedule shapes up nice. I I do hate I do hate the um the t- the two games before that. So they have to survive Iowa and have to survive Indiana. For me, if I'm picking my sleeper, and this sounds so stupid, man, but I'm going right back to Northwestern. Yeah. So Northwestern at plus three thousand odds. Three thousand odds. And and I wrote here they almost won the damn conference yes. in 2020. <laughs> I mean, don't sleep on the Wildcats. You look at their schedule. The toughest road game they have, obviously, is Wisconsin. But you get Iowa at home. I'm down on Michigan, so I'm not even caring about that Michigan road game. You travel to Illinois. You travel to Nebraska. You're traveling to Duke. We don't care about these games. The schedule is set up very nice. <laughs> yeah. Being third worst in the conference at offense is not going to win you anything. You but, it, but, to- but it almost did. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I think for them to get over that hump, yeah. yes. just, just be mediocre. Yeah. 
Like even a team like a three, three and five team in Minnesota was a middle of the road offense. Just be a little bit better at offense. Yeah. I mean that uh to your point, that's what that's what is gonna get them, you know, to that next level. Northwestern has been to the Big Ten Championship game uh two out of the last three seasons. Yes. 2018 and 2020. Uh they played Ohio State both times, as we mentioned, played them really tough in 2020, but yeah, don't sleep on the Wildcats. And then you got Purdue at plus 6,000, who I think are just continue going to take a step back. Illinois at plus 8,000. So, do we both have Ohio State and Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game? Chalk, and I'm chalking it. The only way Wisconsin doesn't make the Big Ten Championship game is injury. Yeah, uh, you know, I, as I said, really wanted to pick Iowa, but Wisconsin having that home game against Iowa, I just think is going to go a long way. And Wisconsin... Again, I'll, I'll I'll keep saying it. They're just a program that just they do what they do. Yeah. And unaffected, uh, you know, their entire season was derailed last year, so their players are hungry. They're looking to come back, uh, and there's a reason that they're a favorite to win the division. But the West is wide open. Uh, like having that said, yes. this is a wide open division. I, I Absolutely so wide open. I'm going to be very frank that I'm taking both of my sleepers to win the conference before I put any money on Ohio State. What I will hope to do is to get to the championship game and then I have a favorable enough spread where I can figure it out or hit it live. It's Ohio State's to lose. All This is the problem. with, And I don't even know if it's a problem for you, but the problem for other teams is when you have a team like Ohio State where they just have a wealth of talent offensively, it's easy to replace. Yeah. Especially when the receiver room is deep and the quarterback yeah. room is deep, and you know uh, this is this the, 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 one of the best offensive lines I've seen in Ohio State in a long time. Like yeah. we are just, it is a machine right now where I just don't see anybody else in the conference. And yes, you know I'm an Ohio State alum, like obviously, but I just don't see it. I don't see anybody else in the conference that can compete with us. Whereas usually I, I would be really worried about the Michigan game at the end of the year or at Penn State. Penn State yeah, the um, game. But I'm just not worried about that. We get Penn State at home. We're at Michigan where I think we're going to win by 30. We do have a, you know, that, that early test against Minnesota and, and then we got to play Oregon. So there's plenty of chances for us to see what we, what we really have. But I think it's Ohio State's to lose. I do as well. So I've got Ohio State and Wisconsin again and... Uh, as I said, what? Oh, so sleepers. Uh, yeah, so we both have Indiana as a sleeper. You like Northwestern. I like Minnesota over in the West. Uh, I think any of those teams would be fun to put a bet on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right, guys. I want to thank you guys so much to listen to What's the Spread podcast. Up next, we have the SEC. Yes. So be sure to press that subscribe and follow button so you can hear more that we have to offer.